Yes, 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 yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Deep. And we're back. Episode 3-3 of the list. Once again, Martin, you have knocked it out of the park. You you never fail to impress me with your, with your introductions. How you doing? It's just natural, bro. Comes to you. Comes to you naturally. Yeah, it's just natural. I'm okay. How are you doing? I can't complain, you know. Not much to report, but we're here again to watch another film from the fabled list with the right. with the aid of the randy master so for you new listeners out there we use a new bit of tech that we've got tech <laughs> <laughs> the randy master 4000 randomizer oh it's gonna get us let's a good wire it up let's let's that's right it's your go okay give me a countdown and we're going in five Four, three, two, one. The film that we are watching this week on It's Not That Deep Bro is Batman Forever 1995. Let's do this. Okay, let's do this. I'm excited for this. Gentlemen, we are back after just watching Batman Forever 1995. Wow, what a film. <laughs> what did you make of that, Martin? That, that you, was no, no, a... no, 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 no. Let's start with you because I quite enjoy superhero films. So let's start with your opinion on, on that. Well, as far as superhero films go, I quite enjoyed that. Good. I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed that because... I quite enjoyed that myself. In my head, I kept thinking, what was your reasoning for putting this film on the list? The reasoning the film is on the list is for its pure absurdity. Um, you know, if you if you look at, like, the history of uh, superhero films, especially the modern ones, this one stands out as being, like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean... From the director to the actors involved to... What about the one before this? The one before this um, is Tim Burton. No, 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 no. So, the one before this came out in the 90s again. Yeah, right? yeah, it's Tim Burton. That yeah. One. There's a no, there's Then the one before that, which is also the same Batman that's in yeah. the Tim Burton one, but it's not by Tim Burton. It's just called Batman, and that actually came out in the 80s. There's one that came out in the 60s. Yeah, there's but there's been Batman through the ages, man, and this mm -hmm. film relied a lot more on the 70s. classic idea of Batman and just superheroes in general than the modern superhero films do. Starting with like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man um with Tobey Maguire. 
superhero films took a bit more of a like realistic more relatable approach for young kids you know with the peter parker the world that they were set in were more grounded in our reality whereas the gotham that we just saw was nowhere it, near our reality it's you know fucking crazy absolutely mad the sets for this film were outrageous man like the practical real sets and stuff that were built the Batmobile, the Batwing, the Batboat, all that shit. I get it, but like, oh my god, very cool. Some of the, some of the, okay, some of the acting was like shoddy. I was like, <laughs> but what? It, but if you watch like um, the seventies Batman, it's completely, it's doing that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just done it as like they have more. <sighs> it's completely campy, completely slapstick, completely non-serious basically like there's a whole comic vibe to the whole thing it, it felt they've upgraded their gadgets basically do you know what i mean like of the way of like filming this this movie their 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 equipment has been upgraded and then you can see it even in the more recent batman films mm. that as it goes through it's just more and more like then CGI gets put in, and then it just keeps upgrading and upgrading the equipment. And then you're like, when are they ever going to be like holograms of like Batman in your room, like as you're watching this film? Imagine that. Well, that was like kind of the premise of this film, you know, the whole. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just whether like you can do it when nobody's like taking away your the whole intelligence. The gadgets thing, like the ridiculous gadgets was like. Again, another callback. There's the famous in the Batman TV series, I think it is, Robin is dangling off a ladder above the sea and the back, there's the Batcopter. And yeah. there's a ladder and Robin's dangling and a, uh, a shark is like jumping up out the water at them. And Batman takes a look at the situation and goes, ah, this is a perfect time for me to use my trusty anti-shark spray. And then he just pulls it off his belt like it was there for the whole time and just sprays this shark. <laughs> so it's, back it's in crazy. the day, it was a lot sillier. Yeah. This was quite... Tamed. Yeah, compared to the campiness of the, the 70s iteration. But again, it's all more, all more like the... So the in- gadgets have just been like upgraded because like most of the time now if you're watching a Batman fucking film that's animated or whatever he's got a tool belt and he's got fucking everything in that tool belt yeah, yeah. pulls out a little fucking ball and just throws at it oh yeah that's that's anti-poison do you know what I mean and you're like oh, I shit. quite like that it didn't rely on any sort of logic like it, as you say it kind of <laughs> used that cartoon logic of him just having all these tools that just come out of his suit. There's no, like, continuity between what his abilities are. You know what I mean? You're like, you don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah, of thing. yeah. <laughs> Batman's so, abilities have no end. <laughs> the whole, like, oh, Batman, this land is holy metal. And I'm like, oh, it's holy. So, and it's metal. Well, no, and I'm no. like, so what? In the 70s cartoon, Robin would say, if so, let's say that shark scene, he'd be like, Holy jumping shark, Batman, there's a jumping shark. That was like his catchphrase. So when they got onto that island, he said, holy molten metal, holy rusted metal, Batman. But then he repeats it because what they're stood on 
is rusted metal with holes in it. <laughs> so it was like a, a, a cheeky little... But this whole film was just cheeky as, as hell, to be honest with you. It, was, it suffers from what I like to call 90s-itis. Why? I believe that by the 1990s, culture was at a very extreme place. The X Games were just a, coming into fashion... MTV, extreme sports, jackass, wrestling was at its all-time high. Everything was extreme. <laughs> and this film has many different signs of that all over it, be it the the acting being as over the top of it mm. was, being the... It's, it's fascinating because it's like uh, a film that exists at the top of... Uh, physical effects and their, you know, like uh, physical cinema was something that's been growing since like the 1950s and the actual sets in this film look incredible. Like the Riddler's that, yeah, lair the and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the CGI in this film. <laughs> oh my goodness. This, this, this is literally the start of CGI. Well, Toy Story's already out. Toy Story is out by this point. Yeah. But that was considered like crazy when yeah. it came out. So you've got, Toy Story's been out for a few months when this film came out. So it, it, right. we're very early on into computer-generated imagery. And what I love, I'd, I'd tie it into that 90s-itis thing, is what we thought futuristic meant in the 90s. <laughs> and then now... <laughs> what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. it's completely different. It, it's like this real extreme impression of what technology was going to mm -hmm. be for us. And mm -hmm. it... it it's you can see it in films like Spy Kids and any of these nineties, early two thousands kids kind of shows where they've all got gadgets and stuff like that. It was all like the future's gonna be this crazy thing where there's And then we're here and we're like, Okay. No. Yeah, well This isn't it. This isn't it. Well we I mean? we couldn't guess things like the iPhone. No. And like the internet, yeah. but we thought it was gonna be a lot more like uh it's hard to explain almost. It's I mean, the internet by 1995 was there. Yeah, but for what the internet's really used for today, we mm. still that still really wasn't like uh, what they in sight yet. Yeah. So it's and in 1995, especially the internet was definitely just considered like a thing for nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to yeah. think pre pre Big Bang Theory. Really, nerd culture just was like was genuinely not cool. Like, you got beat up if you were, like, intelligent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jocks but, were cool in the 90s. That's yeah, with the but whole then extreme. now they're, like, they're just sitting at home drinking beer all day. Well, if you get, like, 21 and 22 Jump Street, that makes the jock look uncool. Channing Tatum ends up looking uncool in those films, mm -hmm. which is, like, and his whole deal in that film is, oh, but I was cool in the 90s because I was a jock. And now... I'm not cool. Yeah, I'm not relevant. Yeah, which is... He comes from this world where Batman Forever was made. <laughs> you know, it's... it's, it's the, I see... I, I like the way that they, they hint at some references. Uh, I caught one um, with the whole... When... <laughs> Dick. Yeah, yeah. Rob... Uh, Grayson... Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. He was like... Um, He's Robin. 
He was talking about like his name. Oh, what, what am I going to be called? Batboy, Nightwing. That, that's a reference to another Batman character. Oh, really? Nightwing, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, that is something I was going to look at as well, whether Dick Grayson was Nightwing or was it his son. It might I just think... be like a straight, just a reference, like shining out a character. No, because it. So in the Batman universe, Batman has a kid, and he also becomes Robin. No, oh, but wow. but it's after um one of his psychics dies. One of his Robins dies. Mm. So like either Dick. Grayson died first. Well, Saw dies and he comes back. Um, mm. I mean, sometimes... Then he, beca- then he has a, either has a son after that or it's before that. And obviously, till I research this, I won't be able to know. These films it. don't always like stick to the continent. They kind of cherry pick what they want from the larger canon, don't they? Like with the comic books, they're kind of... Yeah, which is what like <sighs> makes me makes me angry because if you look at films today with the whole like justice league and marvel Mm. marvel has has and we were talking about this before Mm. marvel has like a whole like continuity for like 10 years does it stay in line with the does it stay in line with the comics i'm not sure to be honest because that would be the the comics for like marvel well, I've not, I've not really read any comics, mm. but they, I've seen so many variations of what has happened to like Captain America, uh, the Hulk, Thor, through like uh, cartoons and stuff. Yeah. That I'm like, I'm not really sure where they like where all these. Because I don't know how it like because in anime, generally like the manga is considered like. Yeah, the base, the yeah. like main they, canon, they, I suppose. They don't usually when a anime comes from a manga, mm. they don't usually start the anime till like their fifth. Well, I think it's like maybe ten or twenty manga issues ahead. I guess it can be different every time because the, there'll be shows that like the manga finishes and then they do the anime because the manga becomes successful and yeah, they'll like yeah they'll, yeah 100% they'll change the anime a little bit from the manga and then you've like Evangelion completely takes the manga storyline into account but calls the, the TV show and then the subsequent movies all separate story, timelines that run parallel to the manga mm-hmm. and there's points where they like cross over and stuff but I guess that's interesting with these comic book films because it seems like they just cherry pick whatever they want, which meaning if you're like a director going it or a script writer for a comic book film, you really have like this crazy world to build your story from. You know, like, I mean, they they have so much they have so much fucking material. Mm, like that's what I mean. It's crazy. The, it's crazy. Comic books are still being made now. Mm-hmm. Right, new heroes are still being made now. You know what I mean. So like, but if you start from the beginning of when Marvel started, the comics of Marvel started, and mm. like DC started, like they've gone so many different like 
in so many different directions. Yeah, yeah. They'll have gone back and then be like, okay, let's revise this story and maybe make it into an alternate universe. And then this is what happens in that alternate universe. So they've got so many fucking well, it's roads like, to fucking... They like retcon. Like they wait. They'll either be like... A new person takes the reins of a, a character for a film or a comic yeah. and they let them do it and whatever. But then I guess there's like people higher up in the Marvel and DC companies that then take a look at what other people have been doing and like, how are we going to like... Monetize this. Well, tie it in. Like, how are we going to make it make sense with the rest of the universe sort of thing? Do we say that it was an alternate dimension? Do we say like... Like they're doing with the Into the Spider-Verse thing. They've like fully in that one film made it. So they always, there was kind of... um They can do anything with that. There was like the what if thing. I don't uh, know if you know about what if in Marvel. Yeah, so... Special episode, special issues, I guess, that would show alternate timelines yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But then I guess that whole idea, you can't have the Into the Spider-Verse film, I don't think, without the what if kind of... They're, they're supposed to be. It's supposed to be on the. They're on making the, a film. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be uh, something. I think I've I've read something that like oh ten Marvel films that are coming in the future, mm. and that was one of them. Uh, the What If story. It's supposed like, to be with like um, <clears throat> maybe Doctor Strange. That makes like, sense. But don't quote me on that because in the old like. Well, I think it was Spider-Man 1 for the PS1. Um, great game, but there was a what-if mode. Really? Yeah, and it, if I remember correctly, put Spider-Man in a suit of a random... Actually, no, it was... I think it was like the Wild Wasteland perk from New Vegas. In what? So it added like all these references from oh, the Marvel right. comics to yeah. the game. And it made like different things happen in the cutscenes that like reference the comics and stuff like that. Oh shit! Which I that's always loved because I, I obviously didn't read the comics and I was just getting it because I had like I was playing these games just because I had the console and I want to start to you read end up with them one one comic at least like I don't know Iron Man like the the first ever issue. Of a comic, I mm. want to just read it. I'd love to get... I mean? I mean, I used to read a lot of, like... Never, like, traditional superhero stuff, but, like, definitely graphic novels. I've told you before, but all over Europe, you'll find Donald Duck. It's, like, a pretty popular comic book series over there. But they're not comic books. They're, like, fucking 200-page books. Donald Duck? Yeah, but they're all in, like... It's all comic cell shaded mm -hmm. you know it's laid out like a comic but they'll probably be like i don't know seven or eight stories in one of these 200 page books oh damn okay they're called jumbogs j-u-m-b-o-g which i think means like jumbo book i could be dead wrong about that <laughs> jumbo book. yeah and you collect them and like on the spines you can like if you get all of them they like make a picture when you put them all on a bookshelf Oh, really? Yeah, so it was like this big deal. So when I went with my dad, like, in his lorry when I was younger around Europe, you you could get them, like, at every service station. And, and did I, you get every single one? I didn't get... I had a good amount of them. And I, I, oh, you still got them? I was at my parents' the other day, actually, and they're clearing out their attic, and um, 
yeah, I've still got a lot of them. Let's go. Oh, I'll let's, show you them. I mean, they're, yeah. they're all in Danish, but I used to have a... They're all in yeah, Danish. this is the thing. So, <laughs> the hell, bro? <laughs> so I used to basically get my head around what was going on. And not un- through these books, yeah, that's how you learn. Yeah, so I, I didn't like. You should have kept it going, but I didn't. It didn't help me learn the language. It definitely helped me learn certain words, but not how to say them so much. Just like just on paper, what they yeah. meant. Like yeah. I can tell you, I, I could have a pretty good go at spelling "congratulations" in Danish. There's loads of words like that that I've seen written down hundreds of times, and I know, like when I see them, I'm like, well, I know what that means, but I, I couldn't confidently say them. Just because I've never heard somebody say it, yeah, and I've not had it like explained to me like that. But if I'm in a supermarket, I understand a lot more than I can like actually explain. I understand. Yeah, because you can see and be like, I know what that means. Yeah, but then you can't you can't explain it in a way of like I can't oh, explain th- it to anyone. <laughs> you, you can be like, oh, so that's an S and that's a A or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, really like- it's literally just saying it because. Th- that's what the comics, I guess, allowed me to do. Like, you, you spend enough time and you go through enough, it becomes obvious what and is and what the is and stuff like that. And then it's just filling in the gaps and you can work it out from what's going on in the comic sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, over time, it, it didn't become an issue. That's why I got so many of them because it was like I knew what was going on. Keep getting them. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see this, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'd... Uh, I'll yeah, I'll try and uh, acquire them. Maybe we can do like a little project and decipher what they all say. Oh, definitely. I mean, if we have any European listeners that are bilingual and want to pipe up, because I, I know that these are kind of well known by children around Europe. I think I can get someone. Anders Anders and that's what knows. Donald Duck's called. Andersand. Andersand. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, his uh, nephews, are called Rib, Rab, and Rub. I know wow. that. Um, <laughs> I think I know someone that knows Danish. So yeah. maybe I could get hit them up and be like, so, but I need I to could, decipher these. But you don't, it's not even like you'd need to decipher there because I'm pretty sure I could sit in the room with them and be like, this says this, doesn't it? Yeah. And he'd be like, pretty much, I'm sure. Yeah, he lives in Denmark, so I don't think he'll well, be in I come room. back and forth. <laughs> I plan to be in Denmark by next, uh, you know, soon. Oh, hopefully this year. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. We'll, we'll, you know, I hope to, uh, I don't know, be in Denmark a lot more. You think so? Yeah, definitely, as as time moves on. But getting back to... Yeah, we lost track of time. Comet right books and whatnot. The Anderson Donald Duck comics just allowed you even in that world of Donald Duck there's a whole world there and you get to know all these characters and there's the we're talking about the what if mode in Marvel that fully kind of gives you an insight as a young kid into that there is more going on in this world in in the Marvel or DC universe, yeah, you know that, and it, that makes comic books and the superhero thing feel different to other like works of fiction because it's this crazy interconnected world that 
you don't know. I loved in Spider-Man that there were so many different villains that just keep cropping up. There's so many. Like There's in this, so many. We see in this, you've got the Riddler, and then you've also Two-Face. got Two-Face. And yeah. it, you know, that's like, I don't know, uh, a weird thing for a film to do, to have like two villains. Why? Why would you say that for? Because it just takes away. It, it means that you've got to have a deep because a villain only works really like if it has a decent backstory you have to you have to have a reason to hate just like you have to have a reason to love the main character the hero yeah he's only going to be like relatable if he has a, a a backstory that the viewer cares about and it's it's the same with the villain and villains sometimes have like i don't know there'll be like a part of their backstory where something terrible has happened to them so you actually kind of start to understand why they went evil and stuff like that. You couldn't see that with the Riddler, really. Yeah. The, well, the Riddler, I guess, had... You got to see him as a normal Ed, Ed Nigma. You got to see him as Edward Nigma. Yeah. Who obviously has personality issues. And they kind of... That was... It was interesting that Batman's... Uh, what was her name? Chase, love interest. Yeah. Was a psychologist. Yeah. Played by Nicole Kidman, and she was a psychologist into alternate personality disorder, mm-hmm. which is a you know, that's quite meta or like acknowledging the psychological that there's all these superheroes. There's Bruce Wayne, and then there's Batman. They're like decompartmentalizing their personalities into two halves and splitting them, Jekyll and Hyde. And but it depends on like if he can. So like control them to two sides. You know what I mean? Like Bruce Wayne has been through some rough issues, but he he chooses his I guess both personalities to help help people instead of like And it's still being evil. It blows up in his face too. For example, you know, in this one he has this back and forth with Chase where he Confess. Well, she she loves Bruce Wayne, and then he comes to her as Bruce Wayne, and then she says, "Oh, I love Batman." And then he comes to her as Batman, and she's like, "No, I love Bruce Wayne now." And he, <laughs> <laughs> he just, he, it's him, but he just can't. Yeah, turn but up like in that's right. because she doesn't know. If she knew that it was, they were both the same person, mm. then she's sort of like in between the two because she has always gone for the wrong type of guys. And now that the right type of guy has come to a doorstep, <laughs> she's like, okay, it's maybe I should go. Whole... Yeah, it's yeah. changed her. So maybe I should go and like be with this guy because he's the right person for me. But in the end, he's the same person that he's, she always he's going for. He's the best for. of both worlds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like the whole... <sighs> go on. <laughs> You can't just stop. You've lost it. I've lost it. The whole split personality thing, that ju- that's just an example of how it can play up for Batman. You know, like he, it's not all uh, fun and games for him pretending to be Bruce Wayne and then being Batman. You know, it, it causes problems for him too, even if it's just lady problems. And um, Yeah, because you can see that with the whole like... Uh... He always sees his 
he's getting them flashes of his childhood childhood and yeah the personality his, crisis is parents getting murdered it comes crops up in it's a big problem for peter parker in like the toby Maguire spider-man films you know the again the damsel in distress loves the superhero but oh measly old peter parker that's just mj's best mate like there's no love there between the two they're just childhood friends but little does she know he's spider-man and it's the split personality thing is in it's part of the superhero experience whether they're you're a hero or a villain you know it, it is dealing with kind of the daytime life and the nighttime life the personality the person you are at night and the person you are in the day and this even dealt a little bit with like shadow going into your subconscious cuz cuz of the riddlers machine that goes into the subconscious he was trying to see people's true secrets and the darkness yeah. and it, it even went into a little bit of how like you know the bat is bruce wayne's shadow and he decided to step into his shadow and take control of it whereas i don't know a person like the riddler or two-face has been kind of taken over by the dark side of themselves you know they're not in control yeah just because of the fact that do you know the the story of Two-Face? No, not at all. This is the first time I've been introduced to Two-Face as a concept, I believe. And what about the Riddler? No, I've never heard of the Riddler either. They're both interesting people, mm. to say the least. I was watching um, Gotham, which is the... It's the series about how commissioner gordon sort of like got into power okay. and what he had to go through to to get there so it's about like the city of gotham more than batman yeah yeah Bec but you still see all of these like villains mm. that you that you normally see in the uh batman and you series. probably see stuff but, that like batman influences and stuff like that but you don't probably see batman i imagine no because it it centers literally around the uh, around the time when Bruce's parents got killed. Oh, I see. Not like so any time in still, the future. He's still a, young, yeah, yeah, very young. That's he's it. like 10, 11. Do you know what I mean? Or what film was that recently that I watched that must have been in the DC universe where you saw a young Bruce Wayne and he's at a gate? Um, and he calls the, whoever the... Yeah, Joker. It, oh, it was Joker, wasn't it? Yeah, Jesus Joker, Christ, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. That was and cool. And his parents are still alive. Yeah, and that... So that means... Does that... Is that Gotham show connected to the Joker film at all? What Gotham show? The one you were oh, talking about. Uh, mm, are they considered canon, like, in the same... I'm not sure. Now, that's interesting. I'm not sure. I know I DC are pretty crap compared to Marvel at expanding their universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they did say that they this that the ending of Gotham um, leads to a into like I think it's like the Batman trilogy. 
Ah, Batman it, Begins. I think so. I think it like leads up to that. Because I remember you telling me when we went to see Joker that... But don't quote me on that. I won't. Um, I remember you saying when we saw Joker that Joker was kind of considered standalone to everything else DC were doing with Batman. This one was. Yeah, this Joker that we yeah. watched. Because... It was so different, I suppose. I can um, understand why. Yeah, very different to what, like, the Joker they were doing now, because they were doing... Uh, what? Who did they have as Joker? It was Heath Ledger in the... Uh... No, 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 no. Um, I'm talking about, like, at the time that Joker was made, mm. they also had somebody else doing Joker as well. For... Oh, yeah, Jared Letter. Yeah, Jared Letter. Yeah. So, like, his, his Joker is still to come out. I think he... The new Batman that's coming out with... Um... Oh, so Leto's still, like, playing the Joker and stuff yeah. at the moment. so that's why I'm like, I don't think it's canon to whatever they're doing, because... That's, that's like a, a really real different... killer if they go ahead. But then, I guess... I really do like Joker, still, all this time after we saw it. It, it, it was really it's a good. good. Film. It kind of is almost like not a superhero film and it's like talking about superhero films more than it is like an like that what we just that was a superhero film yeah we just watched whereas joker was more of a comment on the whole thing like you couldn't have joker without years of films like that coming before it yeah yeah i mean it's which is it was a change of pace to be honest because i can understand if it had just be considered like this one-off thing because mm-hmm. usually when it comes to superhero films now mm. it's mostly like ah oh, uh the good guy saves the girl at the end Everyone wins. Well, yeah, that happy was... ending. And but you, Wacken's you see, Joker was the anti that, yeah, the anti hero yeah. completely to all of that, and it takes, it makes you empathize with the Joker, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. the psychopath in us all. So again, it's a nice change of pace to all of this silly slapstick, yeah, hero's they... journey, good meat beats evil it's all that that was you know we were talking about how like um with the big sick how like the movie industry was set up to create our dreams and things we couldn't see but we've kind of had enough of that over the years and now we're making movies that are actually dealing with these very human matters yeah that movie we just watched was like up the very near the tipping point of that, in my opinion. That's why it looked so crazy, because you, what you're looking at there is, you know, 60 to 80 years worth of cinema industry going into set building and all the special effects that weren't computer-generated, you know, that were, like, practical effects. That film was full of them. Real top-class, like, filmmaking from like a a set point of view and like a uh an effects point of view it was like the old star wars films in that way whereas and that is only five years away from the first star wars from the phantom menace and five years away or five years away from the phantom menace that film is so like that's five years away from jar jar binks (laughs) (laughs) well and but you would have you don't see anything like that in that film. It's uh, There's no computer stuff like 
that in the film, was mm-hmm. there? It was no. very much a traditional film. Again, but it still had some shoddy acting. Not gonna lie. What did you think of Val Kilmer as Batman? He, he, the way that, oh, the way that I see Batman is just like cold. Right. The actual character. Listen, go on. Listen, the way that I see Batman is like this, like cold hearted person, right? Now, who has a very soft heart because he helps everyone around, but he has a very like, I'm a, I'm a lone wolf in the situation. He's very calm and collected. He knows exactly what he wants and he knows exactly what he needs to do to save as many people as he possibly can, although it may take him a while. This guy, I didn't think he had it. I didn't think he had it. What did you think he had? I mean, he looked, he just looked very like... Basic, not gonna lie. Very basic. Why? What did you think of it? Have you seen? You've seen Batman Begins, right? Yeah. So you. Well, I would start off by saying that, in compared to someone like Spider Man, who I could, I can one hundred percent understand the motivations of Batman's characters. Always a confused me somewhat. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand his parents have been killed. I understand he's a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever. I get the story. But he just acts like a sociopath. Like, his attitude is so, like, curt and, like, abrupt and, I am Bruce Wayne. Like, it's there. It's so... He's like a, a psychopath. Christian Bale playing him for the the trilogy that he did reminded me more of his American Psycho appearance. Like, I, I, that was why, in my head, Christian Bale could play Batman so well because Batman is like this crazy person that's lost his parents and will do anything to make sure that other people don't have to experience what he experienced at a young age but the level that he's gone to to achieve that is crazy he's a maniac like he's an absolute maniac you think so he's because he's not like a superhero like superman has has an affliction Mm -hmm. has a medical issue that happens to give him abilities that he's realized can help when i say he has a medical condition. <laughs> Don't eat that. me, you fool. You know what I mean. He he was an he's an alien. He's he's considered different to humans, mm-hmm. and that is a different motivation than just being a human that's been scorned, and then he's channeled his whole life into um, trying to. I guess it works on its own, but then he he exists in a world where there are actual superheroes as well. Are all the DC characters just humans that are pretending to be these crazy... No, X-Men's... No, he's the... He's the... What? But that's Marvel. Oh, X-Men's Marvel? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So (laughs) are all the DC heroes... I don't know why... 
humans or... get so caught up on small things. We're talking about two cinematic universes with thousands of characters in. I might mix one or two up and put them in the wrong camp. You know okay. what I mean? Like it might <laughs> that it's a difficult field to navigate. Are all the DC heroes just normal humans or are there like mutants, people that have come from different planets and Well, yeah, you just said one, Superman. Uh, he's DC. That's very true. So he, he's an alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, not all the. So uh, a few DC heroes are like human, but that they've be- been given like abilities, like the Flash, right? Okay. So the an experiment um, went wrong, mm. and it gave. It, it caused a massive um, explosion. Yeah. Right. That made him fast. So that's like the Hulk. Like, you know, he was he it wasn't his experiment. Experiment. Yeah. It was somebody else. It was some sort of scientific. Yeah. It he, was. A, it was. A, again, um, that's a medical some, issue. That something just... blew up, and a whole like this massive field. Or like shockwave. I know what you mean. Yeah, a shockwave hit the central city, I think, is where he lives. Okay. And it made loads of superheroes. Again, that's a medical issue. But uh, the Green Arrow, Mm -hmm. he's just a man with a bow. He's just a man with a bow. And that's it. that's That's one person that is another human that... See, to it's me, a billionaire they're, again. They're maniacs. Huh? They're maniacs. Why are they maniacs? Well, it's kind of, that's the whole point of Iron Man as a film series, is that he is actually like a maniac. Like, everyone in his life that's close to him says, like, you're crazy. Like, you, like, go to very extreme lengths to help people and put your own life at risk. You are like a maniac. And Robert Downey's whole character take on that is, yeah, I can handle it. Like, it's like he's cool about it. Yeah, but, like, what is it? You, you're just going to bow down and like, let all these, like, giant people just walk all over you just because you're afraid to be called a maniac? No, 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 but it just puts them very close. You know, hero and villain, I guess that what hero and villain are very close to one another. I guess that's what makes these films so, like... Th- Thor jumps to mind, like mm-hmm. with Thor and Loki being so close at the beginning, if I remember correctly. Are they like friends, Thor and Loki, ever? Well, they're supposed to be brothers. Brothers. Oh, there we go. That's step-brothers. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so they're stepbrothers, and it's just a a difference of how they approach things that separates them. Same, that's like... I feel like it's more like... Thor would do anything as in his power to get what he wants, but at no cost of anyone else's life or endangering anyone. Yeah, that's what Compared I mean. To so like Loki, Loki would would hurt someone yeah. to do that. So it's just two different ways of dealing with the situation mm-hmm. and what they would. It very like Harry Potter getting sorted, and the Sorting Hat tells him he could be. You make a good Slytherin. 
and him and Draco meet on the train and Draco tries to be friends with him at the very beginning because mm-hmm. they're very similar. It, they're very similar people. That's a huge theme throughout the Harry Potter books, how similar Harry and Draco actually are. It's just very small things of how they approach things that separates them. So what does that have to do with the fact that they these are all like maniacs? The, obviously, like... a. Two-Face was a maniac in that film. Um, but again, that's just circumstance of what he's well, yeah, gone all, through. All villain... To be villainous is equal to being maniacal, to being manic, to being... You know, it's part of a villain. There aren't. There are some cool and collected villains, but even, even those villains, by their time their downfall and they're about to be defeated get to this manic place it's part of being a villain sort of thing some see the light and be like yeah i've seen my ways and they they change mm-hmm. and you almost thought two-face was going to do that in this film until he uh pulled the gun he said the bats i didn't you think well. it was going to happen well I yeah so. it, it was a cheap bait <laughs> yeah. it was a like you know it was good yeah it's two-face bro like he's got two personalities in him he says but that so he says that, I guess, is a point of why I like superhero movies, that they manage to talk about the psyche quite a bit and it's it's all good and evil moral talk, mm-hmm. which I do enjoy. The question that we had was, did I enjoy Val Kilmer as Batman? Yeah. Yes, because... He didn't play Batman very well at all. That's why I loved Val Kilmer as Batman because I don't like Batman's character normally. Like I don't actually. But did you like Christian Bale's Batman? Not really. I fucking loved. It. Yeah, everyone does because the... he played Batman properly. Yeah, oh, but I don't like Batman's story. So to see Val Kilmer playing a bad Batman, I found it hilarious. I thought it was great. Um, why don't you like his story? Because of because he's a man that. In a world full of superheroes, it doesn't actually warm, doesn't superhero. connect with my heart, and I don't feel love when I see it. So that's all I can say. <laughs> so you're saying that it fills your heart, like I don't feel anything. No, 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 not him, but like I don't know, uh, Spider Man. You see Spider Man, you're like fills my heart with something. Yeah, well, it just makes me feel something. Uh, forget fill my heart even just anything and bat this batman doesn't make you feel anything oh batman you said christian bells yeah so, sorry batman itself i've seen all three of those films um and i just don't empathize with this his tale and his story there are scenes in those films that are cool that i thought mm-hmm. were like him training on the ice in batman begins very yeah. cool scene um Pretty much all of the Dark Knight looks pretty cool, but I, I didn't, I didn't really even enjoy like Ledger's Joker, and then the third one I can, I can't really. Did you not? Fucking no, he's the best Joker. I didn't prefer. I preferred like the Joker film that we saw, to that portrayal of the Joker. Those, the yeah, they just didn't stay with me. Not memorable. Didn't. You gotta remember that 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 other Joker that we watched. Wasn't he wasn't made like into like most of the stories that start with the Joker that like supposed to have Batman in them 
they always start with like Batman Batman and him become the worst um ah, what is the word I am looking for here? Enemies. No, but it goes with it anyway. Like they've they've become like rivals, basically. Mm-hmm. That's it. Rivals. And they are, they're always at each other's throats. He's always like trying to push the Batman to do the one thing that Batman doesn't want to do, which is kill anyone. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He wants to save as many people as possible. But like, well, obviously, there's no Batman in the joke film, so you don't have any of that. It's more about the build up to yeah making yeah. a Joker and what. So then, this Joker that we that the Joker in that film, just Joker, um, seems to like. I've taken a wrong turn, mm. even without somebody else there to like um, push him in the right way. He's taken a wrong turn and he's just like turned his life completely upside down. Obviously, having that whole like gun in a children's hospital and it just coming out on like. It's talking about the archetype of a Joker. It's Mm -hmm. not like the Joker from the comic that you love. No, 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 no. It's talking about the idea of it. And I guess if we're talking about superhero films, I mean, it might turn out, because I I am enjoying what's going on within the past two, three years, as I say, with Into the Spider-Verse and Joker. I've both really enjoyed those two films. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like... They would be considered different superhero films. Like they wouldn't be no, not into into the Spider Verse. It wouldn't be a different superhero film. I think it's still, but it's, it still has that them qualities of like the uh, uh, the normal. It felt qualities of a normal superhero film. It felt like. They were Compared really, to Joker, yeah. really breaking down what it meant to be Spider-Man again. In the same way that the Joker was showing how uh, the Joker, a type of person, is made. The world that they have to live in to turn them into that. Into the Spider-Verse was really showing what it means to be Spider-Man. You can wear the suit. That was the whole point of that film. Yeah. So it was saying anyone can be Spider-Man. Forget this Pete Parker thing. Forget this one hero stunned on a pedestal thing. It, it's anyone can be it. Yeah, but then why does that? Why does being Batman seem so bad? No, well, because you like you go. Oh, they just maniacs because they become. No, no, no. A Batman. So like, they, you've misconstrued me. I, I don't think it's bad. It, no. I, I said it doesn't. It doesn't. Make it's me just feel much. crazy, is and what you said. that a billionaire with a load of money could be considered. And it, it, again, it's touched upon in all these superhero films. The people that are closest to, I guess, in those Batman films, it would be uh, Michael Caine's character, the the butler, who Alfred, Alfred, who expresses concern to Master Wayne multiple times, you know, yeah. about his health. Yeah, and that there are humans involved in this, and you you you're really stretching yourself too far, and and all of that. So it 
that that level of commitment to this thing is a, is a mania almost as intense as the villains want for evil. So a, a mania of any sort, you, these superheroes, it's kind of dealt with this. I guess I like The Incredibles too because it deals with this whole uh that that deals with him trying to put the cape down put the mask down and be a normal person and then he can't do that and his wife's saying this isn't normal bob this is not what normal people do you know you're you're going out risking your life putting all your eggs in this basket which i guess that's not a thing that normal people do but then that is the line you dance when you try and make realistic superhero films. You don't have to like dance that line in like a crazy film like that because you just know it's stupid when they're pulling out anti-shark spray and stuff like that. That that shows you that you're in a world where <laughs> anti-shark spray can exist and anything else can exist. But the more realistic you get with it, the more you have to play by the real world rules sort of thing so what let's let's go back a little bit mm -hmm. right so you're saying that anyone can be a, a spider-man right mm. anyone can be but nobody can be a batman no i'm saying the point of into the spider-verse as a film was that yeah. you anyone can be spider-man yeah and the point of the the joker film was that if any anyone can become a joker if they're pushed enough if they're bullied enough and if mm -hmm. they're like beaten up enough so well everyone can't be a batman unless you're a billionaire who's had their parents killed and you have the I'd, facilities to I, build like I a mean, Batcave because all his stuff's built on technology that mm -hmm. he has built specifically yeah, for but himself that's that's the like but not to poo, -poo you, batman you're like, love batman so so can you only become Spider-Man if you've get been, been bit by the spider? Yeah. Well, yeah, because that negates. Otherwise, we're just talking, well, we're all just human and we're all the same. But that's boring. So that's not what I'm saying. You, yeah, you have to be like me and you can't become Spider-Man, Martin. Mm -hmm. But, but it, it's what, the idea of that. But what, you, what I'm trying to say is that it it doesn't like. It could have been a different circumstance that he could have made that money, become the billionaire anyway, and be like, well, very do much so, good but things, then which is what the Green Arrow did. So, so like, what's the Green Arrow's backstory? Uh, well, he he was stranded on an on a boat with his dad and other friend, mm -hmm. and they weren't gonna make it with the amount of food that they had. Right, so his dad, because he, he was basically on a yacht or on a boat, whatever yeah, it yeah. is, and it blew up mm -hmm. because of somebody else's fault, right? And they went on a lifeboat and they spent like a week there, and it was three of them. They didn't have enough, um, they didn't have enough supplies to last for three of them for the amount of time. So what his dad did was he took a gun, killed the other guy, then killed himself and told the Green Arrow to uh, survive. 
Okay. Which is um Ah fuck. Um I forgot his name. Oh. But then the Green Arrow does that because he's witnessed that childhood trauma and then wants to avenge his father's death. N- well, no, he, his father's death is his own. Like he killed the other person then killed himself. They could have survived, but instead he chose to So the Green Arrow's motive is that he's just scornful of he's he's angry about that whole situation. Well, he's his dad has a little black book that he's said he says that he's failed the city so maybe i i won't fail you but then he took it upon himself to like get this little black book and make his dad's right away his dad's wrongs right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's all in in but again he also inherits his dad's company Becomes a millionaire, billionaire, whatever it is, and then becomes the Green Arrow. So then, the basis of if of the basis of the the if that is the origin story of the Green Arrow, mm-hmm. then yes, being the Green Arrow does inherently depend on having a millionaire as a dad. Just in the same way that being Batman does inherently depend on having wealthy parents that leave Wayne Manor to you. Just as being Spider Man negates having to being bit by a spider now not that any of those uh origin stories are right and wrong it's not a game i don't you know right and wrongs neither here nor there that's an opinion all i'm talking about is that the archetype of peter parker is going to be a lot more relatable to the average kid Purely because he's an average kid at school. You understand. I do understand, and he gets bitten by. But yeah. like none of none of them three people are like inherently like wrong. That's what I said. That good but or like, bad, neither here nor there, or right or wrong. I, I don't mean any great, of that. Great, great. But what? Why does? One make you like a maniac for doing it, and then the other one doesn't. Even though th- that that doesn't mean that you're right or wrong, whether it's like a ma- so. I, I'm to say, Peter Parker has maniacal qualities, 100. percent I'm saying all superheroes and supervillains yeah. are on a spectrum of mania, 100. percent I'm saying the essence of the superhero story deals with mental and physical mutations and uh additions but you prefer for me as the middle class white young male that i was when i was first introduced to the world of superheroes yeah peter parker was the one that i gravitated towards purely because it like you wanted to be well it's spider-man no no it was more than it (laughs) but he he was like the underdog bullet at school couldn't get the girl that he wanted it fits into the the sam Raimi films anyway played on him being the nerd but then he he got to be cool at night that was what made those films mm-hmm. badass he you know mary jane had a cool boyfriend that at school bullied peter but then he gets to kiss her in the alley at night when he's being cool as spider-man and that's why those films like 
worked so well. And it's also why in the third one, when he goes all cool and starts popping guns at ladies, the fans found it so awkward because they're all related to him as a, a nerd and he starts acting cool and all the, the fans are like, oh, God, like, this Why is, is horrible. Why cool again? Well, yeah, because they can't imagine them themselves. It's an interesting scene, that one. But that's what, the, yeah, that I guess that's what this film made me... <laughs> Going back to Val Kilmer as Batman, he doesn't... <laughs> it, this he doesn't play the emotional side of Batman well. He doesn't. Very well at all. Mm -hmm. And that leads to there being an emphasis on the campier side, the the more exaggerated kind of, shall we say, remnants of the 70s that exist in this film. And there's certain shots that just made me piss myself. Like when he, uh, what was it? When he was flying past and there was that one shot where he was like, or something like that. And no, he was plane. like, yeah, he gave a thumbs up, yeah. and it was like a meme. It made me piss myself. He was no, he came through. He he went through the the bat signal, like you know how there was. Oh yeah, was he flowing against he the fucking burst cloud. through the clouds. He as went the bat through the cloud with his thumb up, <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah, Commissioner Gordon's like cheering, and he's, he's just like. Yeah, oh, like it, again, again, another thing that it's just not, it's just not Batman. Do you it, know what I mean? But I, it, I've seen Batman be be this like cool, calm, and collected character. The scene like that, it's but people it's not what I expect. At all. It's not what modern fans expect at all. But then, not even modern fans. But then, traditionally. The yeah. 70s, like Batman show, yeah. it's all like that. Like, this cool dude isn't there at all. It's anti-shark spray. It's bad acting. It's... Yeah, but that's when they, they directors take it, like, and make it that's what's their own thing. Well, that's what's... You know what I mean? Because in the comics, it's not like that's that That's what all. so many people growing up... You remember... Um, Shout out to the window kid. We were upstairs in Voz's room talking to him and when he was there with Daryl. Um, with the hat. The window kid? Yeah, he was a rapper that Daryl was working with. Upstairs? A uh, couple of weeks ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We were actually talking about that anti-shark spray. We were talking about superheroes. I can't remember why. Probably from a film that we'd been watching or something. And... Um, we were talking about the anti-shark spray, and he, he was a little bit older than me, um, being 26, so he caught... What I'm saying is there's whole generations of people that identify with that side of Batman and hated it when it went more... Starting probably with the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, hated that it went more... I guess you call it... Those Batman films are like emo. They're like very... They made it into like a, but if you think about, they made it into like a joke. Do you know what I mean? And that's fine if people more relate to it as a joke. Mm. But then it doesn't like coincide with like the comics, like as in like the whole like superhero being like jokesters and stuff. Mm. It seems a bit like. And think about like the theme tune, like the original na 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 Batman. That's like where that sort of Batman comes from. But obviously, 
uh, like you said, a lot, a lot more modern than the seventies, more like two thousands, Batman Begins and stuff like that. That's more like the way that I met Batman. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, and definitely. And it's just like, okay, I know that there's been Batman before, but obviously they have to bring people in. So if they do it by it being a comedy more than an actual superhero film. Mm. Fair enough. Well, it, I suppose it was because back in the day, they had to rely on action. They couldn't... They, they Well, they. I guess they would have been really worried about the action looking good because they didn't have very good computer effects and special yeah, effects. Yeah. So a lot of time probably went on focusing on these big... If it was... Because they used to do like 20-minute, half-hour episodes of the Batman and Robin show. Mm -hmm. So one episode would be probably built around this one big scene where there'd be like a big real explosion or something. And that's what all the attention would be focused. There's not much time to build Batman up. The backstory and his emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have got like ignored. And it was only... Like, if you know that you can make Spider-Man look cool as fuck flying through the city and it's going to be, like, computer-generated and that is 100% going to look cool and you don't have to rely on an explosion, like, you don't know if you're going to get the explosion shot, you know, when it's real. But if it's computer-generated, then it's like, well, we you know put, we can do yeah, it. Yeah, you can put it anywhere. So really. you can spend more time then on, like, the, the story, I suppose. Yeah. Which is what's happened with superhero films now now but then i feel like because the special effects got so good i actually do think that in like the 2010s we now have these films that are like all cgi pretty much mm -hmm. and it's very i don't mind that i just nothing stands out like in that film in the film we just watched at least the set pieces all looked unique like they they may not have been by today's standards like the, you can create a certain scope with computer generated stuff that can't be achieved any other way I'll, I get it but you gotta I always think of it as it's all fake anyway we'll start like it, not like but whether, if it's real, it's not. Yeah, but whether the what they've done in the film is all real, right? Mm. There still isn't a Batman. Do you know what I mean? The whole story of like the characters, all, no. Yeah, the characters and like where or where they came from and like and the origin stories and all this stuff. Like it's not none of it so, is real. So it's all been thought for uh, thought about and made into a comic. To make it like a thing that you, to say, oh, superheroes always win. Obviously, it's just a thing that they've been putting to everyone saying that superheroes always seem to like prosper or whatever. But none of it is like real. So like if it's all computer, computer generated, it and it looks even better with it computer generated. And I think it does then I feel like it's it's an okay film. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... I know it's not supposed to be real because Superman ain't real. 
Like if evil's real, the shit that happened in this world wouldn't be happening right now. So for me to be like, oh, just because that film is computer generated doesn't mean like, oh, okay, the that's it. The film is is shit now because it's all fake. So there's no reason ever to just say a film is shit ever. Like that that that, that is unfair to take one thing and say that makes a whole film is shit. What? Yeah, that I do believe that. Like, so, there's no shit film out there. Computer like, generated. Got, like you always tell me, every every director has something to say with a project. Yeah, and then we we always get into the conversation of like you know, you try and find me something. <laughs> I guess I'm say things in a strong, definitive way sometimes that makes the people that are closest to me try to find the direct opposite, and it becomes the most annoying game in the world because, I, like, my sister does it, all my friends do it, and it's just because I'm so dead set on things. So we then get into the conversation of, oh, I'll, there must be a film out there that's not trying to say anything, which was the argument we had, a conversation we had a few weeks ago, and... We came to the conclusion, and I was quite happy to end on the conclusion that, yeah, Jackass probably falls under that category. Just to make money, yeah. Um, that they very much, they, they pride themselves on the concept that Steve-O, I was actually watching him the other day, and he used to shout before doing stupid things, this is not art, and then he'd like smash a bottle on his head and stuff. But it's an interesting one. I still think they end up saying something with it, even though they set out not to say... That's saying something. Setting out not to say something is saying something, in my opinion. Because I can write write the story. Setting out out to say nothing means it's saying something because you've said, I'm setting out to say nothing. Yeah, because then I can write down, Steve-O went outside, the Jackass boys decided to make their film stand for nothing. But that is a statement, like, in itself. Then anything's a statement. Everything. Yeah, so I think, therefore, every film is trying to trying to make some statement, and this is the podcast that tries to find what is being said. I suppose that is that is the the point of this. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got you 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 had such a big thing. You said that means every film is can't be shit. So yeah, that I I believe. Every, yeah, every film cannot be shit. Yeah, but. What you were saying about the fact that Superman isn't real, mm-hmm. I mean, it's right, but it's not like the point that I was making about the CGI and the the physical sets. The physical sets take a lot of incredible... There's a, there's a physical craft to it of building it. Okay. And creating... It's one step closer to it actually being real because it is painted and made and that that at that the attempt to do that sometimes like i think the star wars films do an incredible job of mixing computer generated imagery and real effects and i think that is like the perfect hybrid and balance of these two worlds coming together to make the overall product something better and it's not whether it's more one or the other. It's it's more computer generator. It's more physical. It doesn't matter about that. It's what would work best for this film, 
and how can we tell the story? I don't care how it gets done. All I care about is if the message is being delivered in the best way that it can and the tech that is required, be it making a real set to do it, be it spending ages on a computer to build it, so be it, go and do that, but just make sure that you've choose. We live in a world where all the tools are accessible to us now, so there's no excuses for stuff no, to but look the, bad. It's the way that the world is moving is moving towards technology for then if you think that it needs to be done in a certain way whether it's with like they someone building something or it being computer generated like they will as the future goes on the way that it's being made like the shit that's being made that's real to put in a film is going to go obviously out of date because they will need to spend more money but it's and more materials and something that they can just do through a computer so that's when a, a film simple... like 2001 really film... stands the test of time because you look back at it and you know that they couldn't have done it with computers but it still looks pretty hot shit that's when you you've mixed computers you, you've used the right special effects to tell your story and again that that's a a very old film mm. and one of i may say the best films out there mm. right for you to have that sort of masterpiece you would have to be at that sort of age again because you can't you can't say something that's the best of this year or the best of all time that came out five years ago could ever like relate to something like 2001 because it's not the same era they're like decades and decades apart do you know what i mean it's just for like, all so it is if is... you saw a film if you saw, like, let's say, Justice League, the one that came out well, a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. right? In 1965, with all that effects, you would think, holy shit. And even like if you saw that then, and then 45 years later, saw it again, you'll be like, oh, that film, it was too good for its time. It was too good for its time. But you can't change that because that, that's already happened. So we have to like sort of become in the now. So we have to fine tune processes. And Christopher Nolan, who made the Batman films, mm -hmm. cites Stanley Kubrick as one of his biggest inspirations. So that is where he's taking processes. And those Batman films do have loads of like crazy practical effects in them that's all real and they'll mm -hmm. that's the side of those films that i did enjoy watching like the dark knight has that incredible hospital sequence with heath ledger and there's the um oh the bit with gary oldman i can't remember what's happening it's like this huge shot that happens down a street with the batmobile at night um but i know that it's all done with Is it when he he he's trying to save one of the two, and then yeah, yeah, it's towards the end of the film when he's trying to save either the 
that the woman or Two Face. Yeah. So. Well, he becomes Two Face then. Again, all to be fair, Harvey. We spoke about it before, but all the best films tastefully blend practical and CGI effects. That is. But they. What I'm trying to say is they won't now. But they are so. Like so, so, the best ones. All the new Star Wars films have continued the tradition of doing it. The Avengers films, very much. That that's a part of those films that I enjoy. That separates them from such films like Gods of Egypt, where they've not like tastefully. There's too much on one side, and not the they've not thought about how they're doing it. But they, the big films, the big budget films, still rely on some of the practical things because they know it's just rules of cinema that there's certain practical you, effects. You think that's going to carry on forever? Yeah, 100%, man. I don't think so. Nah, well, it has so, thus far and there's no reason for it to carry on other than they know that it's the best. That They don't need to do it now. There's what? no... The practical effects within films, you know, like the, Star, the new Star Wars films didn't need to do... The prequels used way more CG than the the sequels did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, So they didn't need to, but the sequels knew that the practical stuff sells realism better. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you is that, like you just said, I know, it may sell better, but like the way that Technology is moving forward. I feel like it'll get to a point. It'll get to a point. We got to speak to John. Yeah, we do. It'll get to a point. Practicals, practicals, the way. It'll get to a point though where it'll become. They'll make it so well. Well, what will happen is we'll go back around. Do you know how we were talking about like, um, we're talking with. Daryl about the whole like we've gone back into like oh so we used to have really big phones and that was the fucking shit where then it went all the way they down to smaller, smaller and, bigger. and now we're going back again and it being bigger and like you were talking about different types of clothes that you used to wear back then mm. they got on cool another cool again yeah you know I mean like they come back the same but different so what they'll do is I feel like they'll do that the same with films. They'll be like, so practical effects was fucking massive. Then they moved on to CGI, mm-hmm. but now they're going to make such practical effects in the future. It will come back and they, will not, they won't need CGI because it li- will literally I, look that because they, they'll make, I don't know, holograms. I don't think it'll ever be one or the other. Like, I, I really do think that the... There'll be peaks and troughs of both and trends go up and down, but it's the relationship between the two. That's when like you really make something really cool. Um, it, it's getting the mix of it right. And again, this film, I guess we're, we're over here talking about this now because this film is very on, on the edge of going into the more CGI era. And it's at the end of the practical effects era, hence yeah. the huge buildings and the crazy sets mm-hmm. and the ex- the real explosions and all of that. It's crazy explosions. There was certain. There was a certain shot of Batman where he was um, he was swinging through the air at one point on a, on a rope, 
uh, what attached to a helicopter, yeah. Two Faces helicopter, yeah. And you could see, I could, I knew what they were doing. It was, it was a projection of buildings moving onto a back screen huge it must have been filmed quite far back with a spotlight and then Val Kilmer was literally swinging on a rope against this back projection board but it was such a big shot that I was like shit he must be actually swinging like 20 foot like each way like just because of how it was angled and I don't know about it probably had a stunt double that's why they all had stunt doubles back then because like some of the stuff you had to do was like legit <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they they do still have to do that shit now well, like. did, did you know that to promote this film val kilmer came to the meridian cinema park in leicester for the grand opening dressed as batman i did not know there's that. a fun fact for all you local what? local listeners why leicester they were opening a new cinema and he must have been here for like the premiere in London or something. And they managed to Yeah, like... I thought, okay, London. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but then like, you know, if he's in London, I bet it opened at like a, a big cinema chain. Val Kilmer's there and they're like, yeah, we've got like a new branch opening six, 70 miles down the road in Leicester. Here's a load of cash. You go cut the ribbon. And that's what happened. That's crazy. Val Kilmer cut the ribbon at the grand opening of the Meridian Cinema, which is now View. Yeah. Which is what me and Martin would call our local cinema. That's right. Um, so there's a, a fun way to tie a bow on this episode. And on that note... <laughs> we've had the screensaver rolling. And I think we've probably been talking for longer than we think. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we have talked length about That's this. That's not film. two, it's it's one. What? It's one hour twenty, not two. Okay. It says two for a reason. Don't worry about that. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but still, um, there, there you go. There's a treat for you guys. Uh, you don't normally get an hour and a twenty like we used to on the first few episodes. So Yeah, I mean we can talk a lot about this film. We um, can talk it just shows like if you if we really if we really wanted to, me and Martin could probably do a couple of hours every time. But it, it's 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 better, yeah. It's better to keep keep it uh, keep it at a. Well, I'd rather keep these episodes once in a blue moon. You know, we yeah. ramble, we let them roll on long sometimes, but for the most part, we'll be uh, in and out nice and quick. But thanks for sticking around this time. We do appreciate uh, if you've made it to this portion of the podcast. I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with you. You know. I do appreciate you listening to <laughs> us talk absolute nonsense about this film. But follow us at the appropriate sites. M-I-P-L-T-D. Just That's right. search it on anything you want to. It's going to come up with something that we're doing. You can pick a platform. I don't but, care. Look, look, <laughs> you can say that, but there's another M-I-P. Not LTD though. Yes. What do you mean? Don't do that. I'm a. I'm a registered. We're a registered company, Martin. I'll show you when we're finished. Okay. But. Well, we might be back next week with a whole new name. Then, if we're getting sued. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting sued. I don't think so. Anyway, here's up. You know, Instagram, Twitter. I'm Oland. YouTube, Apple. I'm Oland. And I'm Martin. 
and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Thank you.